talking about uh, wisdom. We've been talking about wisdom, about what it is to have wisdom. Um, and you won't have to stand. I'm going to read. Um, and I'm going to be reading from the easy-to-read version. Um, you don't have to stand. Um, I'm going to be reading from the easy-to-read easy version, as I said. And we're talking about wisdom, knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom. Not knowledge versus wisdom, but knowledge and wisdom. That's a mighty team, amen? Knowledge and wisdom. I'm going to read now from 1 Kings 3, uh, if you'll follow me along. And remember, I am reading from the easy-to-read version. And it says, Solomon made a peace treaty with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, by marrying his daughter. Solomon brought her to the city of David. This was when Solomon was still building his palace, the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The temple to honor the Lord had not been finished, so people were still making animal sacrifices on altars at the high places. I want to stop right there just for a second because it says that Solomon was, was working on building the palace, and it said that the, the temple of the Lord had not been built. If you remember uh, a couple of weeks back, we were talking about um, uh, online and, and, and then also in the church service, we were talking about uh, David wanting to build that, that place of honor for God, and God did not accept that from him, and it fell on, on Solomon, Solomon being David's son. And so the reason behind David not being able to build it was because of the blood that was on David's hand. And so, therefore, it fell to Solomon to do the work. So Solomon showed that he loved the Lord by obeying everything his father David told him to do, except that Solomon continued to go to the high places to offer sacrifices and to burn incense. When it was saying that Solomon showed that he loved his father by doing everything that he told him to do. I thought about how we show God that we love him. Now we're talking about an earthly man showing his earthly father that he loves him by doing everything that he tells him to do. So how we as being spiritual beings show our, our heavenly father, how do we show him that we love him? Do we do everything that he tells us to do? That's just something to think about. King Solomon went to Gibeon to offer a sacrifice because that, that was the most important high place. He offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. While Solomon was at Gibeon, the Lord came to him at night in a dream. God said, Solomon, ask me what you want me to, to give you. Solomon answered, you were very kind and loyal to your servant, my father David. He was faithful to you and lived a good, honest life. And you showed him the greatest kindness when you let his son take his place as king. Lord, my God, you have made the king in my father's place. You have made me king in my father's place. But I am like a small child. I don't have the wisdom I need to do what I must do. I am your servant. Here among your chosen people, there are so many that cannot be counted. So I ask you to give me the wisdom 
to rule and judge them well and to help me know the difference between right and wrong. Without such great wisdom, it would be impossible to rule this great nation. So Solomon had a little bit of wisdom already because when he was offered the opportunity to ask for whatever he wanted, he chose wisdom. He looked at what he had before him and knew that in order to be able to rule over all these people, he was going to have to have wisdom. He was going to have to have some wisdom on how to deal with all these people. Sometimes we get in situations and all we want is knowledge about it. I just need to know how to do it. I just need to know how to do it. If I hurry up and know how to do it, I, I, can, I can get through it. But we need wisdom cupped with that knowledge. You can strike out and get you some knowledge and don't have any wisdom and blow the whole deal. Wisdom and knowledge, they go hand in hand. So Solomon said, I see all that, that, that's going to be required of me to do. You've made me king over so many people, I can't even count them all first. So in order for me to know how to deal with them and deal with them well, see, that makes a difference. He didn't want to just deal with them. He didn't want to just rule over them. He didn't want to just run things. He wanted to do it the godly way, and he wanted to do it well. And so he knew in order for me to be able to do it well, I'm going to need some wisdom. So you think about situations that go on in your life, and, and, and you have a lot to get done, and, and there's limitations here, and there's limitations there, and you don't know how you're going to get it done, and you think of just getting some knowledge about it, or just getting you some resources is going to get it done. But if you have wisdom... God will help you take a little and make it a lot if you have wisdom. If you have wisdom on how to talk to one another, that can shut down a whole bunch of stuff. But a lot of times we don't know how to talk. Yes, we know how to speak. We know the English language, but we don't know how to talk to one another. And so that makes a difference. Solomon wanted to know how to talk to these people. How to, how to govern them, how to help them, not just to rule over them. Amen? I am your servant among the chosen people. Again, and he was saying how many people there were. And he said that the Lord was happy that Solomon asked for wisdom. God was happy with his choice. So he said, so God said to him, you did not ask for long life and riches for yourself. You did not ask for, for the death of your enemies. You asked for the wisdom to listen and make the right decisions. So I will give you what you asked for. I will make you wise and intelligent. I will make you wiser than anyone who ever lived or ever will live. And I will also give you what you did ask for. You will have riches and honor all your life. There will be no other king in the world as great as you. And I will give you a long life if you follow me and obey my laws and commands as your father David did. So God was pleased with Solomon's choice. He said, I'm looking at you and you didn't ask me for a long life. You didn't ask me to go out and kill all your enemies. You didn't ask me for riches and jewels and all these. You didn't ask for any of that. 
He said, so I heard what you did ask for, and I'm going to honor that. And I'm going to go even past that because I'm going to make you intelligent along with your wisdom. And then I'm also going to make you the most intelligent and wise person that will ever live. So as smart as you think you are, Solomon was smarter than you. As smart as the, the geniuses that we have walking around here, Solomon was more intelligent and more wise than even them. And God even saw it in the future. He said, you're the, I'm going to make you the wisest person now that's living and whoever is to come. No one will ever be as wise as you. Because that was a wise choice that he made to ask for wisdom. And so God saw that and he honored that. And he said, not only will I give you that, I'll give you far beyond what you even imagine. Has anybody ever been blessed far among far above what they ever even imagined. You ask for a little something and you got the whole deal. And it blows our minds. I don't care how long you've been praying for it. I don't care how long you've been talking about it. And, and I trust God and, and I know he's going to do it. And then when it happens, you are in awe. I can't believe it. I worked and, and I prayed and I, I saved my money and, and I, I followed the guidance of God and I read my word and I just trusted in him and he allowed me to do this. Just shocked. Why are you shocked? You asked. Children are good teachers. When they ask for something, they sit back and wait on it to come. And when it comes, they're not shocked. And we get upset sometimes because we think, well, you're not going to jump up and hug me? You're not going to do all that? Well, I thought that's what you was going to do. I asked you. So they good with it. And we need to take on that role as a child, a childlike mind in that sense. So when I ask my father for something, I'm asking in confidence. See, we don't always ask in confidence. We ask hoping. We hoping it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm doing this, but I'm hoping it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm praying, but I'm hoping it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. When I go to my father and I ask him for something, I expect it to happen. Should it not happen, that's when I get shocked. But when it happens, we sing it all the time. God will do what he said he'll do. We get caught up singing the songs, clapping our hands, but not believing the words. What are you singing? What are you praying about? Do you really believe that God is going to come through? Solomon believed that God was going to come through for him, and he did. Solomon woke up and knew that God had spoken to him in the dream. Then Solomon went to Jerusalem and stood before the box of the Lord's agreement. He offered a burnt offering and fellowship offerings to the Lord and then gave a party for all of his officials. There's something about being in charge that People can get so twisted because they start to think that being in charge means that everybody serves you. And it's the exact opposite. Being in charge means that I got to make sure that everybody's okay. That's what being in charge means. So if fathers and mothers, if you, you start, okay, I, I'm, I'm the head of this house and so I'm the head, so everybody, you know, serve me, fend for me. Y'all go out and work. I'm going to sit at the house. No, it means that you being the head of the house 
have to keep the house. You have to be in connection with God, and you have to, you have to do some work. You have to get out. If anything fails, we're coming for the head. If anything rise, we're looking at the head. That's where it started. So are you in charge? Are you really in charge? Because if you're one of those people that's in charge that think everybody's running and doing for you, you're not really in charge. You're not really in charge because as soon as the people that you govern over start to rebel or start to feel like, well, he ain't doing nothing for us. Why are we going to help him? Why are we going to make him all this money? Yeah, everybody in here been on the job before, feeling like you making them rich. They don't care nothing about you. You going on. If all those people decided that, you know what, no more, then that person that's in charge going to start looking a different way. They're going to start calling you in one at a time. Can you tell me what, what's the matter? What's going on? What can I help you with? Now nah, you want to help. Now nah, you want to help. Now nah, you want to help. But Solomon was wise. Solomon was wise. He said, Lord, I need, to, I need to know. Basically what he was saying was I need to know how to serve your people and serve them well. So if you ever come across a, a job, if you're ever in a position to where you're in authority, know that you're the servant. And you ask God for wisdom on how to better serve his people. Wisdom on how to, how, how to work things out. Knowledge is good. You need knowledge, but you also need wisdom. Amen? That was through verse 15. In verse uh, 16, it starts to talk about the proof of Solomon's wisdom. And the story that's, that, that's always told is the story of uh, the two women coming to him with the baby. Both saying that the baby was theirs. They were in a house. They were in a house alone. They were both pregnant. So one day the one lady had her baby, and then about two days later the other lady had the baby. Well, in, in the night sometime one of the babies died. So the women both went to, went to Solomon saying one was saying this was my baby, the other saying no, this is my baby. So they're going back and forth over there. So he had the knowledge of what was going on. He also had the knowledge to know that both women didn't have this one baby. He understood that one baby was dead and one baby was alive. That's all the knowledge that he had. But then he had to use wisdom, that wisdom that he had prayed God for. And so in his wisdom, he said, okay. He called for the soldier to come and said, cut the baby in two. Give them both halves. So now Solomon understood in his wisdom, knowing that a mother was not going to let that happen. I'll watch him from a distance before I see him die. So if I can't have him, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, I'm not saying that, well, if I can't have him, nobody can. I'm saying if I can't have him, and especially him be alive, I would rather see him grow up. I'll still get the opportunity to see him. I'll be able to talk to him and all that. But Solomon knew that the one that said, okay, let's cut him in half. What you going to do with half a baby? What are you going to do with half a baby? So in that, we look at that and we say, well, golly, I mean, that's simple. That's simple. Let me tell you how many times I've heard women say, half a man is, good and is better than no man at all. Half a man is no man at all. Half a baby is no baby at all because the baby is gone and you don't have the baby. But Solomon, in his wisdom, understood that. And he said, no. Only a mother would say, go ahead and take, let her have him. I'd rather let her have him than, than, to, than for him to be dead. So that was the proof of Solomon's, of Solomon's wisdom. 
So we look at the, the fact that when, when we ask God for something, he will definitely provide us with what we need. And oftentimes more than we even imagine. And so we shouldn't, shouldn't be shocked about it. We should be thankful for it, but we shouldn't be shocked about it. Because we ask, and we're asking the Almighty Father, the creator of the universe. He created all of us, and he knows all about all of us. So there leaves no room for being shocked when you go to him, honestly, with an honest and sincere heart, and you're asking for something, especially wisdom, which he gives liberally. He wants you to have wisdom. He wants you to have knowledge, but he also wants you to have wisdom. Amen? So wisdom and knowledge, both recurring, recurring things in the Bible. A re related, to, related to different uh, things that happen in the Bible, people had to use knowledge, and they also had to use wisdom. The dictionary defines wisdom as the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, or lasting. Knowledge, on the other hand, is information gained through experience, reasoning, or occurrences. Knowledge can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. One can be knowledgeable without being wise. Knowledge is knowing how to use a gun. Wisdom is knowing when to use it and when to keep it, in, keep it holstered. Knowledge is knowing how to speak. Knowledge is knowing uh, what to speak. Wisdom is, is knowing when to speak. And how do I address people? How do I, how do I go about doing things? We have to have wisdom. And that was a very important thing. Um, in, the, in the Bible times, uh, if you will, they used wisdom a lot of times or, or were told that they did not use wisdom. And today we, we just call it, oh, well, I messed up. Because you didn't use wisdom. Because you didn't think. You thought just because you knew or just because you had a degree on the wall or just because you got people working under you that you had it down. But you failed to use wisdom. We have to use wisdom. When we are um, testifying, when we are giving our testimony to someone, when we are encouraging others to come to Christ, you have to use wisdom. You still have to use wisdom. We know you know all the books of the Bible. We know you know the Lord's Prayer. We know you know the 23rd Psalms. You can't give it all to them at one time. You're going to run them off. You got to use wisdom. If they're babies, you can't come at them with a steak. And all they need is a droplet for milk. You have to use wisdom. And knowing how to talk to each other, we have to use wisdom. In our everyday life, we have to use wisdom. God wants us to have knowledge of him and what he expects of us. In order to obey him, we have to have knowledge of the commands. But as equally important as having knowledge is having wisdom. Knowing facts about God and the Bible is not all there is to wisdom. Wisdom is a gift from God. If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God blesses us with wisdom in order for us to glorify him and use the knowledge we have of him. Just having knowledge of God, it said, is not enough. You have to have wisdom along with that. 
knowledge, and wisdom. They're not against each other. They work together. The book of Proverbs is perhaps the best place in the Bible to learn of biblical wisdom. It speaks of, of both biblical knowledge and wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. To fear the Lord is to start on the path of knowledge. And God can then begin to provide us with wisdom through Christ, who the Bible says is wisdom itself. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption coming from God. Amen? So we have to have wisdom to go along with this. Knowledge is good, but it has to be cupped with wisdom. Christ Jesus is that wisdom that we need. It was saying about just knowing, knowing of God. If you know of somebody, you might know their name. You might know a few things that they like. You might know a little bit about them. But if it came to somebody saying that, they did a certain thing. According to how well you know this person, you might say, oh, I don't know about that. That don't sound like them. That don't sound like It's according to how well you know them. And I say that because when we come to know God and, and developing that, that good fear of him, not that you're afraid to go to him or you're afraid to trust in him, not that kind of fear. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the godly fear. That he is God and he is God alone. He is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. He is the almighty. He didn't come, he didn't come to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's the devil's job there. God came, Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. That's the God that we know and serve. That's who we lean on. That's who we depend on. That's who we tell this world about. A savior, a risen savior. One that died, had no sin, but yet he died. But then he got up. That's how it goes. But then he got up with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. That's the team we're on. That's why we walk around and say we're more than conquerors. Oh, we're on the winning team. But we have to remind ourselves sometimes, daily even, that we're on the winning team. So when it looks like you're losing, you know you're really winning. And I've had to tell myself that several times before. Man, what's going on? Oh, I'm just winning. I forgot. I'm just winning. I'm just winning. That's how it looks. I'm just winning. Not being fearful because that's not of God. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to be fearful of anything because God is who he said he is. And so he will protect us. And if we keep our mind stayed on him, he's going to keep us. He's not going to let us fall. He's not going to let us waver. But we have to stay focused on him. But we, it's so easy for us to start looking at the wind and the waves and get distracted. Then we start to forget. And we start to try to fix things on our own with our own power and our own might. And it never works. It never works. Knowledge is what is gathered over time through study of the scripture. It can be said that wisdom, in turn, acts properly upon that knowledge. Wisdom is the fitting application of knowledge. Knowledge understands the, lights has turned red, the light has turned red. Wisdom applies the brakes. Knowledge sees the quicksand. Wisdom walks around it. 
Knowledge memorizes the Ten Commandments. Wisdom obeys them. Knowledge learns of God, and wisdom loves him. Amen? Knowledge and wisdom. They don't go against each other. It's not knowledge versus wisdom. It's knowledge and wisdom. And it does us good to put them together and to, and to use them together. There's nothing wrong with some knowledge. Going the extra mile to get some knowledge, but you must have wisdom. These are people that we deal with each and every day. Even on my job, they tell us that, okay, you get them in there, you see them for 45 minutes, and then you get them out of there, so you have time to do your notes, and then you go on to the next person. And you go, Hold up. There's a person on the other side of that desk. And you know if you go somewhere and you start to feel like they're rushing you, you're like, okay, can I get somebody that got time to see me now? So if you don't have time, I don't have a problem with it, but I need you to give me somebody that has time to talk to me. God doesn't treat us like that. When we come to him, and then it says we can come boldly. So we're not even coming timid. We're coming to the, the throne of grace. We're coming to the God Almighty boldly, laying out our request before him. And he has time. He has time for each and every person that's in here. So when we're dealing with each other, let's, let's use wisdom. Let's use wisdom. So I talked about dealing with people when, you, when you're in authority, but what about when someone else is in authority? So you still have to use wisdom and respect those that are in authority over you, especially when you have somebody that, that's easygoing as our pastor is. She still deserves respect. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. She'll back up, but she doesn't have to back up. Power means having the power to do something and yet not doing it. So I could do this, this, and that, but wisdom is telling me that that's not what it's time for. I could say this, this, and that, but wisdom steps in and says that's not what it's time for. So just like we have that knowledge and we can run on with that, we need to do the same thing with the wisdom. So knowing God, again, knowing him is knowledge, but loving him is wisdom. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Amen.